0: to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours.
1: Well, welcome. I want to speak to you today on the theme of a time for restoration. For the past year, uh, I've primarily been speaking to you from either our home or the studio today. I'm back in the auditorium and it's good to be back. And in particular, I'm looking forward to two weeks time as we celebrate Easter together, all together online, but also I'm looking forward to actually speaking to some people in the room. And talking of the last year, what a year it's been. Almost to the, a year to the day, Boris Johnson announced uh, the, the start of the first national lockdown. As we look back over this year, you know, the awful loss of lives and livelihoods, its impact on families, on businesses, on jobs, on mental health. Um, You know, in one sense, it has been an awful year for so many. And then, of course, right into the midst of that, we've had, uh, in a new way, a spotlight shone on the awful issue of racial injustice with all the added pain and pressure that that has brought to so many. You know, as I think about this last year, it's been often said that it's like we've all been in this storm, all in the same storm, but like we've been in different boats, this pandemic has impacted all of us, but in different ways. But in some sense, there's a new season coming. Uh, it's good news that there's hope out there again. You know, we're, we're hearing, you know, news of this very fast and wonderful rollout of the vaccine. Um, you know, this week I'm gonna get vaccinated. Karen got vaccinated last week because she's older than me uh, by nine months. Um, but that, that's good news. Um, you know, the national lockdown is beginning to be eased. We're going to begin to start returning to some semblance of normality again. Spring is in the air. And in that sense, I believe there's going to be something, um, as it were, naturally restorative about this new season. You know, having warmer weather, sunshine, being able to start resume normal activities. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting being able to hug my daughters again, that's going to have a restorative effect on on my life. Um, I'm looking forward to hosting my mum and dad again. I'm looking forward to having barbecues with friends again. I'm looking forward just to doing normal things like going out and having a proper haircut. Although I hope you agree that in the meantime, Karen's been doing a pretty good job. I'm looking forward to just going and sitting in a coffee shop again, to going and have a meal out again, to go and travel again, I think in that sense, there's going to be lots of things just happening that's going to help us, um, as it were, naturally recover and be restored. But I believe we need something deeper. And as God's people, the good news is we have not just a natural change of season, but we can open ourselves up to, as it were, a new supernatural restoration from the Spirit of God himself. And that's what I want to focus on, a time of for restoration by the Spirit of God. And I want to take a text, um, Isaiah 61, 1-7. You would have just heard it read. Um, it was actually the, me- the passage we were focusing on and its New Testament application in Luke chapter 4 um, when the pandemic hit um, a year ago. And it's as true now as it was then and in one sense even more needed now than it was then. Um, it starts in verse 1 with these wonderful words, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Notice there's almost like there's three characters. There's the Sovereign Lord, that's God. There's the one who is anointed, the Messiah. And then there's the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Who is the Spirit? Well, literally in the um, Hebrew, it's the word ruach from which we'd get our word breath. Or wind. So we could say that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is the wind or the breath of God, the sovereign breath of God. And this passage is not just a wonderful Old Testament text, but it's a central text that we need to focus on because it was actually the passage that 700 years after Isaiah prophesied it, that Jesus of Nazareth got up in a synagogue um, in Nazareth, he turned to this, this, this text, this scroll. He opened the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He read some of these verses and then he basically said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And it was almost as if Jesus was taking Isaiah 61 Um, almost like his kingdom manifesto, the manifesto for his ministry. And then if we look back at that remarkable three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, we could say um, Jesus, as it were, lived out Isaiah 61. So it's a powerful text. It's a text that's not just good for Jesus' ministry then, but because Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, we can experience the blessings and the, the restoration anointing of this text today. Now, without going into lots of detail, the the passage in Isaiah 61 is kind of got in in, in these first few verses, almost like in two sections. Um, The first three verses is really about the anointed one, the Messiah, who is Jesus, um, coming to restore us, his people. So it's about us being restored by Jesus, him anointed to restore us. But then secondly, in verse four, it kind of turns where those who've been restored go out and restore others and help rebuild their communities and their nations it, let me put it like this right now this is a time or a season not just for natural restoration but a time for you and i for us to breathe in Like, take a deep breath breathe in and be restored by jesus time to breathe in but secondly. If we look at verse four, it's also a time as we're breathing in to also breathe out and go and help others be restored by Jesus. So that's the focus. Breathe in, be restored, breathe out. Let's go and restore others. But because this season has been so impactful and I know talking to a number of you and talking to the pastors, I'm just aware of how tough this season has been for many of us. You may, you know, I know many people are just feeling exhausted I want to focus in primarily on us receiving, a time for us to breathe in. And I'm gonna pray for you in a short while. And I pray even as I speak, and then as we pray, that God will come and do a new thing. Now, as we heard last week, God is a God of process. Even with spiritual or supernatural restoration, sometimes it can take time. You know, it may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months, but we also serve a God of miracles. And so I'm believing that even now, through this service, God's going to come to you by the Holy Spirit and he's going to minister to you at, a, at your point of need. And I don't know where you're at right now. There may be a particular area you're conscious you need God to restore you, to help you, to free you and to heal you. And so, so as we unpack these beautiful verses, particularly focus on verse 1 to 3, um, get ready to receive, as it were, breathe in afresh the Spirit of God. The first thing that the anointed one um, came to do, Jesus came to do and is alive to do today is to bring good news, a restoration of good news. Literally, it's proclaim good news to the poor. Now, the the poor here is not just the economically poor. It could include that. But the root word is those who are feeling powerless or afflicted or oppressed, or we might say hopeless. You know, I don't know about you, but as I look back over this last year, I would describe this as a year where we've been bombarded by bad news. And, you know, just as you think like things are getting better, oh, another another variant, just like we're coming out of lockdown into another one. And it can leave us feeling powerless, helpless, even hopeless. And then we get good news. (laughs) We get temporary good news or temporal good news or natural good news. The vaccine's been discovered. The season's going to change. Lockdown's being eased. And that's good and that's important. And it is going to have a a positive impact, we all trust and believe. But I believe for us as Christians, we don't need, as it were, just to be blown around by the the latest good news or bad news. We have eternal good news. We have the news, as we look ahead to Easter, that Jesus Christ, the same Jesus who was there 2,000 years ago, died for our sins. He's alive. He's ruling and reigning. We have an eternal hope. And it means that we can turn to him no matter what the season and we can receive good news afresh. It's almost a reminder. Let's go back to the word of God. Even as I speak on this passage, may your hope be restored as you realise there's something permanent and secure about our eternal salvation. There's something timeless about the fact that in the middle of the night, if I'm struggling, I can turn to the word of God. I can... Turn to the Spirit of God and invite Him to come and do a deep work in me. There's something restorative about the good news of Jesus. That's the first thing God wants to do. He wants, as it were, to take our gaze off the circumstances, good or bad, and put our gaze again on the eternal good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's alive, He's with us by His Spirit, and He wants to touch us right now. That's the first thing, good news. Second thing in this passage, The Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus, is here to bring healing. I love this passage. It talks about how he's come to bind up the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted are those who are feeling despondent in spirit and discouraged. You might right now feel brokenhearted. You may feel despondent or discouraged. Maybe things have just gone Awfully wrong in a relational situation. Maybe you're feeling despondent or discouraged about just the length of this season. Maybe there's something happening at work or you're not in work. Well, Jesus want, and, and that's had an impact. It's like it's, there's an internal wounding, the scars from this season. And then there's this beautiful word. He comes to bind up the broken hearted. The word bind up there is, is taken from the term of how you might fix a wound or, or um, set a broken bone right. Well, you know, thank God for natural physicians who can do that. But we have a divine physician who, like nobody else, can come, as it were, touch our hearts, the innermost recesses of our being, the hidden parts, as we heard last week, the bits that no one else can see, where we are feeling damaged or bruised or hurt. Right now, my prayer today is that this day and over these next few days, weeks and even months, you'll experience the healing of the Messiah himself. He'll come and touch you in the deepest recesses of your being and bring a sense of healing and restoration. And then thirdly, there's freedom. It says to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You know, as we look back over this year, it's almost like naturally, externally, there's been a sense of captivity. I mean, we've been locked down. (laughs) For many of us, we've spent endless hours just in our homes. And yet this natural restriction, this natural lockdown can sometimes be just an outward picture of a deeper inner reality. So it may be right now that because of this season, you've found yourself either getting into or experiencing deeper levels of as it were spiritual or emotional or mental captivity it's like you feel like you there's things going on in your life you just can't break free from it may be that you are somebody who is somebody who followed Jesus but you found that you've almost like opened the door to some areas of compromise or sin and it's having a binding effect on you and you just don't seem to know how to break free Break free. Well, I've got good news for you. Jesus the Messiah is here. You can breathe in the Spirit of God and through direct ministry of the Spirit and through opening up your life and receiving help from others in Christian community, you can get free today. If you're, if you're feeling like you're in darkness, my prayer today is that the light of Jesus Christ will come in and dispel the gloom. So that's freedom. And then uh, <clears throat> number four, we got favour. To reclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This probably, as we saw last year when we were preaching on this, has echoes of the Old Testament jubilee, the time when debts were cancelled and slaves were set free. And it's pointing to the ministry of Jesus again. 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to declare this, the year of the Lord's favour, and he paused there. He's saying that because I have come, there's a new era of God's favour. And again, as we stressed last year, when we talk about the year of God's favour, it's not just talking about a, a literal year like 2020 or 2021. It's about a whole era where we can experience the favour of God. I don't know about you, I'm praying for a restoration of favour. As I look back over this last year, I can honestly say it's almost like it's been I've been like on twin tracks. <laughs> on the one hand, there's been a sense of, um, you know, Great areas of great favour. I really have experienced great favour even in the midst of this storm, but also times of almost unprecedented challenge. And my prayer for you and my prayer for me, my prayer for us as the people of God is we will experience a restoration of God's favour, almost like the prevailing wind of God will come over our homes and our jobs and our businesses and our lives and we'll sense of, yes, we're, we're seeing an experience, an increase of the favour of God. And then there's comfort. It says to comfort all who mourn. You know, in many ways, this has been a year of lots of mourning, maybe a literal loss of loved ones through to maybe a loss of a job or relationship. You know, many of our young people, probably uh, a sense of mourning of a loss of um, education time. Many of us had plans, things we were hoping to do, uh, and we're not able to do them, a sense of loss. And can I say, on one level, mourning is a natural and actually an important part of restoration. You know, I, I've been learning in the last few years not to try and sort of uh, deny the pain or bury it, but actually face it and actually recognize that mourning of loved ones or mourning losses is actually a natural, uh, there's a natural grieving process that needs to take place. But in the midst of the process, there's a promise here that the Messiah, the Holy Spirit of Jesus, is here to comfort, or who mourn. You know, a few years ago, I I tragically lost my brother. Uh, A few months ago, Karen lost her mother. And both of us, as well as allowing the process of mourning, can honestly say that we've experienced the supernatural comfort of the Lord, his nearness in dearness, in helping us in our grieving. And, and my prayer for you is if you're experiencing a sense of loss right now, either because of a loss of a loved one or some other situation, that as we pray, you'll know in a new way, both today and in the coming days and months, the nearness and the comfort of the Lord himself. So we've got comfort. And then there's a restoration of joy. I love this uh, phrase here. It says, the anointed one is here to do an exchange. He's here to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It's like the idea of almost like a new apparel externally, but it's speaking about a new, as it were, internal reality. There's an exchange, there's a change, there's a transformation. And that word there for despair Um, literally talks about people who are lacking in strength or feeling disheartened. Uh, One translation has it's a spirit of heaviness. So a spirit of despair, a spirit of heaviness, where we're lacking in strength or feeling disheartened. And you may be there right now. It would not be surprising in the midst of all that's going on. But there's a promise, there's an exchange, there's an anointing. God wants to come and he wants us it work um, to do something and bring a restoration, a supernatural restoration of joy. Difference between joy and happiness, said many times before, happiness is based on what's happening to us or has happened to us. Joy comes from Jesus. Right now, why don't you just turn to Jesus? And as we get ready to pray, my prayer is that the joy of the Lord will, will come upon us in, in a new way. That will will receive fresh strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And instead of um, (coughs) a spirit of despair or heaviness or weariness, um, let's put on fresh garments of praise and believe for a fresh breakout of praise and joy. And so as we step back over this wonderful passage, we've got good news bringing hope. We've got healing for the brokenhearted. Um, We've got freedom for the captives. We've got a new sense of favor we've got comfort and we've got joy. All of those things, as we begin to receive all these things from uh, Jesus and from the Holy Spirit, it, it, it kind of, the whole passage kind of comes up to a glorious summary and climax. The result of all those things is a restore, restoration of steadfastness. And then there's this beautiful little uh, promise here. They, those who've been restored, shall be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, we've got a, a massive great oak tree just outside our house. We've lived there for many years and we've had a number of storms. And after every storm, there may be a few leaves, da- leaves, leaves have come off, occasionally some branches, but that big, uh, solid oak tree is still standing. And I believe it's a beautiful picture of how even in tough times, Uh, When we are planted by the Lord, planted by his spirit in, as it were, in in God himself, in Christ. We're in Christ by the Holy Spirit, um, by his grace. But also we're planted in the house of God, in the family of God, in the community of God's people. God wants to bring, as it were, a resilience and a strength to us. And it may be right now (laughs) you feel like, as it were, your life has been uh, sort of uh, weighed down and, 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 and almost blown over. Uh, by this storm the Lord wants to come and he wants to bring a fresh resilience and steadfastness to you for your good but also for his glory there's a beautiful ending that says why why does he want us to to make us oaks of righteousness planted uh, by his hand for the display of his splendor when we're resilient when we stay faithful to Jesus when we live in his righteousness and in obedience to his will uh, we give glory and honour to him. So now I'd like us to pray together. I want us to literally breathe in again the Spirit of God, the breath of God, and invite him to do a deeper work of restoration in every one of our lives. For some of you, it's your opportunity to invite Jesus Christ to come into you, to forgive you, um, to allow his Spirit to come in, that you might be born again. For the rest of us, if we already have the Holy Spirit in us, we're saying, Holy Spirit, breath of God, come and fill every part of my life. I need you to restore me in Jesus' name. And so I want to encourage you as I pray, you might want to just lift out your hands in an attitude of receiving. You might want symbolically just to take a deep breath, almost saying, Holy Spirit, I want to literally breathe in your presence. And now let me pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, the Anointed One, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us afresh. Breath of God, Spirit of God, come. I pray, Lord, for those who need to get born again, you would come and do a miracle on the inside of us. And then, Lord, I pray for a restoration of hope. I pray for healing for the brokenhearted. I pray you come and minister to us right in the deepest parts of our being, I pray, Lord, that where we're feeling bound, where we're feeling captive, I pray you'd come and bring freedom. You'd break chains and open prison doors and let your light come in. I pray for a restoration and increase of your supernatural favor, that we might, as it were, come into a prevailing wind that would move us forward by your grace into a new season. Right now, Lord, I particularly pray for those who are mourning that they would know your nearness and your dearness. They would experience an increase of your comfort to help them in this most difficult of times. Come Holy Spirit. And then Father, I pray for all of us that you would anoint us with a fresh oil of joy, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. Clothe us with garments of praise. And then Lord, strengthen us that we might be oaks of righteousness, steadfast, giving glory and honour to your name. I pray, come, Holy Spirit, we breathe in, we receive, both now and in the days and the months to come. Holy Spirit, let this be a time of restoration. In Jesus' name, Amen. I believe in the Holy Spirit is doing a deep work in many of our lives right now, but also, as well as us breathing in very briefly before we, we sing, Uh, I just want to remind us that, you know, just as naturally we breathe in, but we have to breathe out. So this passage is about a breathing in and a breathing out. It turns in verse 4 here. Um, It says that after people have been restored, it says they, who are the they? Those who've just been restored. It says those who've been restored will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated they will renew renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Of course, in the context of the Old Testament, it was talking about the restoration of a literal land and literal buildings, We're not talking about restoring physical buildings. We're talking about restoring people's lives and communities. We are in the people business. And if you're a follower of Jesus, not only does he want to restore you, but as we go out into this new season, he wants to anoint you to become a restorer. You see, as we look all around us, this pandemic has had a massive impact on so many people's lives and so many of our towns, our cities and our villages but as well as the impact on lives and livelihoods and mental health for the, due to the last year. There's a devastation that goes back way beyond the pandemic, it goes back decades, even generations. Like this passage said, it's like uh, there's been a devastation for generations. And the restoration that's needed is not just a, a restoration of mental health, or that's important. It's not just a restoration of um, the economy or um, a restoration of people in their, as it were, their their livelihoods. But there's a deeper restoration that we we need to be involved in, we need to pray for. It's a spiritual restoration. It's a revival. It's when the Holy Spirit will come and he will anoint us. Even at this Easter time, as we go out and we tell people about the good news of Jesus and how he can come and bring healing and restoration and joy and comfort and peace, may the Lord anoint us afresh. And as we go... As we breathe in and we breathe out, there's a wonderful promise that ends the whole back passage. It says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will re- inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. I love that emphasis on double. It's almost implying here, and it's other passages of the Bible, that when God restores, he doesn't just take us back to where we were, somehow he can make things even better. And that reference to everlasting joy means that even if not everything works out in this life, there's going to be a time when Jesus comes back and this era era of the Spirit ends. And he's going to come back and there's going to be a time when there's going to be no more pandemics, no more mourning, no more death, no more crying, no more pain, no more loss or devastation. We're going to experience everlasting joy. But in the meantime, we need to keep praying for a fresh wind of the Spirit. And so as we begin to close, we're going to sing a powerful song together, Fresh Wind. And as we pray, as we sing, let's pray that the wind of God is going to continue to fill us and he's going to anoint us to bless our cities in Jesus' name. Let's sing together.